step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to AWAM. Anime was a mistake. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is Tim. It's Tim. He's here. Tim the Toolman. Not gonna say your last name. Yeah. Here's a hint. It's not Taylor. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it? Oh, you'd never know. Well, how you doing, Andrew? Oh, good. Uh, tweaked my back, and that's been not fun. That Shout is out not to fun. back pain, mm. but... Aside from that, today I made some onigiri with Laura for lunch. Oh, nice. With a spicy tuna filling. Uh, mm. Turns out those are way easier to make than I imagined. Oh, really? I mean, you know, like you don't want to do it to like make one. We made like 10 of them. It was reasonable. Okay. I mean, it's not quick, but you know, if you were to make a bunch, I think it's, it's not necessarily to make. the most involved process. Yeah. Like real ramen. Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to kind of get the feel for how much rice to filling to, and we were hand forming them into the triangles. Laura was better with the amount. I was better with the shaping. So, you know, getting there. Now everyone can be mad we're talking about food. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what we do, you know? Yeah. So you watch any anime, anything related, or just thinking about Survivor? So I was going to watch Dr. Stone season two. I kind of decided I want to wait. I want to wait until we've finished really tearing this season apart. Like, I'm excited about the new season, but I, I want kind of after we've we've picked through the bones of this one, then to watch season two. So I've held back on that. I think, did I watch anything else? Oh, I started watching uh, Food Wars again, picking up where we left off. Because I don't know when or if we'll get back to, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe we've done day. a lot of Food Wars. So that series is going to be dead to us for a while. I mean, not that we're yeah. not going to talk about it, but like, you know, new new seasons of it. Probably going to let that one lay for a while. We've done like, what, three seasons of it? I think maybe I think. four. I, either way, I think it's, I think it's or maybe pretty I was... well in the lead for <laughs> the amount of any show we've covered. Weirdly enough, we may have watched more Mobile Fighter G Gundam. I, I was thinking about that. I, I don't think so. I think that came out to be... Was that around 48 episodes? episodes? We we had eight episodes of the podcast. And it was also back when we were were trying to do a lot more episodes per, well, podcast episode. We were were doing like, what, six episodes of uh, G Gundam a week? 
Oh. Something like that. Although, I gotta be honest, I don't know if we could on three episodes of G Gundam a week. Nothing happened. So, this one had a bad Mexican stereotype. Oh. This one had a windmill that turned into a Gundam. Oh. Yeah, I guess if you haven't really watched anything, I do have you covered on that end. Perfect, go for it. I haven't watched anything new this season. I should, though, mm. but I haven't. I've watched a number of shows. I'm not going to talk about them all quite yet. I kind of want to get a few more episodes under my belt, I think, before I start talking about everything. And You keep your secrets. I did start watching Dr. Stone. I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about it. Uh, except for the Vegas terms until after we finish this series. Yeah, it's you know. probably for the best. But shows I do want to talk about, first of all, ReZero. I mentioned last week about this big old drought of anime, and ReZero had dropped like a week before that, and I didn't know. So watched two episodes of ReZero this week, and I think they're doing some pretty interesting... I, I think they're doing some interesting things. It could just be that... Crap, why can't I think of his name, the main character... Subaru. Subaru. Like the car. Yeah. I, I think they're doing some interesting things with Subaru, or he could just be kind of a creep. I don't know. We'll see oh, how God. they handle it. Now now I have to catch up, because now I need to know. I do definitely have the feeling with the way you know, like little details are and whatnot that they are actually handling it in a interesting, if at times uncomfortable way. So I, I think they're doing cool things. We'll see. I've only seen two episodes so far, but glad that's back glad that you know it hasn't at least for me it hasn't hit like a plot rut where it seems like they're rehashing the same ideas over and over again it does feel like they're introducing kind of new tropes new ideas all of that stuff that's good at least you know we'll see two episodes in but i have high hopes for that still the other one i wanted to talk about is dr ramune mysterious disease specialist oh, i remember reading about that one like the, the blurb on it. It looked interesting. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, give it a chance. This is definitely a season of sequels, so it'd be, it'd be neat to find something new that's trying to make its way out from that. But yeah, the reason why I feel all right talking about this one now instead of giving it, you know, another episode or two. Like Let me I guess, it was a hard no. It's not a hard no. It, it was a hard meh. So concept of the show is you got the Dr. Ramune... Uh, the titular Dr. Ramune, who's kind of an eccentric character who goes around basically curing diseases that are caused by negative emotions, but not in a psychological way. Definitely in a way that feels like it's, you know, meant to be more carefree and, I guess, like, fantastical. Okay. But yeah, like, I don't know, like, the tone kind of came out, like, borderline maudlin, where, you know, the they're talking about all these emotions and just like, that's why you're crying mayonnaise out of your eyes. Legit what the first episode is about is like, your mom is really mean and pushing you to be a child star. And now we're going to spend five minutes with me telling her why she's the problem. And it just like, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was subtle in any way. Uh, this is making me like get bad vibes. Yeah, it just, I, I didn't necessarily dislike it. It just felt like it had a premise that needed to be more subtle and less silly but instead it's just like well you know either the doctor's off doing something goofy or he's telling somebody why their abuse is causing someone else to cry mayonnaise <laughs> i feel like it sounds like that could work with a really good twist but i don't want to spend the time that you would have to invest to find out the twist and again this is only one episode 
it could be better later on, and even now I'm not saying it's bad, but after one episode, it's like, I have no interest in watching any more of it. Yeah, so that's I'm, why I feel like, like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch a second episode, so I feel good talking about it. Uh, don't want to trash it too much. Seems okay. Just not, eh, eh, not for me. So, how would you care for some news instead? Ooh, I got a good one. I got a hot steaming news drop. Okay. So I'm not gonna blow up the Twitter account that put the uh, that put this out because like it's not their fault. So apparently Nike is putting out, and I got now this I'm not sure about because all of this like hype culture and like sneakerhead culture like it it makes no sense to me and I have no idea what's going on at any point in time. My only connection is my brother is really into sneakers, so I can't get it like dustings of it. But he sent me that. Nike is making a quote manga hype man tee for a limited drop. Normally, I there's been some really cool collaborations like Gundam and Uniqlo is one of the ones that comes to mind. Like there's some cool like actual manga working its way into the fashion world that is is genuinely lightning from Final Fantasy 13. Yes, that's actually kind of cool that they did that. I don't like lightning and I don't like Final Fantasy 13, but like that's kind of a cool idea. Oh, and, I like, thought so too. And that stuff getting worked into more mainstream popular culture is, is cool. But so what if you don't want to pay for, say, a well-known IP and uh, or maybe the people who own the IP don't want them in all your brand clothing? You probably then want to hire some good lawyers, see what your options are. <laughs> <sighs> Nike effectively ripped off the design for Canada. Oh, no, absolutely. Looking at this, like, immediately, like, not all the details are the same, so there really might be some serious court case in there, but definitely, vibes-wise, they, they straight up just ripped this out of Akira. Yeah, and, like, honestly, not to give, like, smaller labels and smaller creators a pass, but I, that's, like, some small-time shit. Yeah. Nike could pay for it if they wanted to. Or they could say, well, we have more money and they can't really sue us because it's going to be like an iffy case anyways, so we're just going to do it. I think it's really shitty and disrespectful. Yeah, we were talking about this before the show, unless, you know, there's some details that we haven't seen about them actually getting the rights to this, but from the looks of it, doesn't look like that. Which, yeah, if that's the case, don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the Nike sportswear t-shirt explores the territory where manga, parentheses, Japanese graphic novels, and sneaker culture converge. Air Max-inspired graphics created by Nike artist-in-residence Van Gothy tell the story. Would you care for maybe some, some tastier, nicer news, Andrew? Sure. Did you see the, the trailer for the new Gundam movie? I did not. Oh, okay. So it's, it's Gundam Hathaway, and... Okay, I, I'm trying to remember all of my Gundam lore here, but... I'll tell you if you're was right. Was it Noah... Noah Bright? Is that the name right? Captain of the ship? Yes. Okay, it's his son. Yes. From what I gathered from the uh, from the trailer, he's all grown up, and he's leading maybe terrorists? Yeah, it, yeah he's... Uh, he maybe doesn't make all the best choices. It looks like it's, you know, a big new Gundam movie. It is releasing in theaters in Japan in May. Who knows when we'll get it in the States. But, you know, I'm always excited for some new Gundam. Hoping this is a good one. But yeah, I definitely thought you in particular would be interested in that uh, that announcement, Andrew. Yeah, they've trailer. been talking about Hathaway's Flash, some sort of movie or anime, for a long time. Yeah, well, and it looks like it's 
finally getting released. The other thing I wanted to bring up is I saw that My Next Life as a Villainous is getting a season two in July. I did enjoy that show. I wouldn't say it was necessarily groundbreaking, but it was something fresh with an Isekai anime. Yeah. So, yeah, I did enjoy it. I will probably watch season two, and I just wanted to share that I found out another season's coming for anyone else who liked that, too. On Twitter, you can find me at Andrew Sisson. You can find Tim at Gimme Those Boots. The podcast is at AWAM underscore POD. And on Instagram, we are at AWAM underscore POD. Website AWAM.pizza for basically anything. And then also every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, we stream AWAM Auxiliary which is where we play Japanese video games instead of watching Japanese animation and do the same thing that we do here, except, well, we can't edit out the dumb things that we say. Yeah, like, star and subscribe. This set of episodes is kind of interesting because we were talking beforehand, kind of compiling our notes, and you said you didn't have a ton to talk about, but I have, I'm not negative on this series. I'm not negative on this set of episodes, but I think I've found some of my little annoyances with how they structure things. Grant, there's a lot of stuff I like that I want to bring up as well, but I think I have some complaints. Well, the floor's yours, Andrew. Why don't you let us know your grievances? Okay. Air them out. The first thing I want to talk about is gen hey did you know did you know gen is superficial tim tim did you know gen is superficial absolutely (laughs) especially because as we see more and more with this character he's actually not it drives me insane how much they hammer it into your head in episode 10 i guess superficial isn't really the right word amoral i I feel like more captures it now not vain not immoral, like not that he's out there trying to do bad things, but that he doesn't really have a sense of good or bad, just good for me or bad for me. Yeah, and it just grated on me. Like in my notes, I just in all caps have, Gen is superficial, do you get it? I did actually notice that they said that a couple of times. Kind of just went past me, like I, I noticed it and went, eh, but I, I could definitely see how that's something that would bother you. Well, especially because like, uh, so how they treat Gen as a character to insert someone who is suddenly very important. They make them like a pretty simple character that then has roots for them to flesh out later. They do a great job of bringing in a very important character and in three episodes, okay, we've got this person and they're gonna, they're, we know them well enough that they can go away and like they're a very key cog in the plot. Yeah. That's all good. But they hammer the like, simplistic view of him so hard and and like and i agree with you that and this might be a translation issue more than a writing issue i we neither of us speak japanese so we don't know yeah but the the repeated use of the word superficial is annoying because it's a very specific word to keep repeating like it's not a word that gets repeated a lot like that inconceivable so it sticks out that way but then it also sticks out because it's not really the right word yeah even for what we know of Gen right now. Like, he's not superficial for doing this all for Coke. Sorry, an unbranded 
cola product. He's amoral, certainly, but like that's a, that doesn't make someone superficial. I, uh, <sighs> I, I understand. I thought it was more so setting up a counterpoint with Senku's view on him because it, it was Kohaku who was going on about that, right? Yes, if I'm remembering correctly. I I do feel like what they were trying to do was set up that counterpoint of Sanku being like, nah, he's chill, he's on our side, he's just got yeah. his own way of thinking about it. Like, I feel like that's what they were going for, personally. Like I said, I did notice that, like, they, they said it multiple times, which was a little, it's overly repetitive, try and trust your audience to get it the first time as long as you expressed it well enough. Yeah. Which, you know, with this, yeah, I don't think they necessarily did a perfect job. You know, like the repetition or how it was all handled, but I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't cause a big kerfuffle for me. Well, I mean, again, overall, I think the show's really good. Shocker! I'm hard on the shows that I like. Oh, uh, we we have seen that. But then again, you're also pretty hard on the shows you don't like. <laughs> well, yeah. So, do you have any other complaints for episode ten specifically? For ten, no. I do have a lot of stuff I like in ten as well. Yeah, because I have a couple of things I do like in 10 I wanted to talk about. Well, so first off, uh, I think Edison is a super interesting biography for Senku to have found. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of... I, I don't know if there was a specific point to that. Besides, you know, I want to talk about electricity in this episode sort of thing. But... In some ways, I think you're right, but I'm going to choose that they that there was more to it. Because actually, Edison was kind of a dirtbag but genius in a way that fits Senku really well. <laughs> oh, wait, but this does remind me of, I do actually have another complaint about episode 10. I don't like them backfilling the emotional importance of electricity to Senku. Put that ahead of making the light bulb, not the bulb, but like making the filament and lighting up in the night. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What, what do you mean exactly? Last set of episodes, they put together a filament and made light and we talked about how important light is yeah well this episode immediately tells you there's like an emotional reason senku also wanted electricity and light because it basically ties back to his original interest in science and kind of nostalgia for him and like there's an emotional weight to senku having electricity in this world that has nothing to do with the options it gives them to move forward and as you'll see like they haven't really used the electricity very much for a while they're not using it in a technological sense for anything right now i mean i thought that was kind of the point though was it was to to show off what he could do because yeah i mean we are at a point where very mild spoilers but we, we still have a hand cranked generator yeah and no batteries when i agree so with like you but then they've added this other really cool emotional layer for Senku, but they did it after, and it just put it before, just put it before, just put it right before. Yeah, I can agree with the timing on that. I, I think it would make, it, I don't think it's a big deal, especially if you watch these episodes one after another, but overall, yeah, I mean, that's probably the better placement. In media res, like put it in the middle of, him figuring well getting it set up that he can actually do this yeah sort of thing like they do with a lot of this stuff because it was really good how they set up with Edison and like because what i've noticed that they've been subtly doing kind of once we've started the kingdom of science arc is they're really boating out senku's emotions and like his worldly connections he's not just a man of logic and like no morals absolutely like he's he's not some like prototypical like science jedi 
with no connections and no emotions. And they've they've been really nicely building that. And this thing with Edison is actually a really, really nice moment. It just came after the big emotional date, like the the big climax of the electric, electricity stuff. I mean, I, I might honestly go back and just kind of watch those scenes back to back and see how they flow when you do watch them without a week in between. It's another thing that, like, when it happened, didn't really bother me. I, I can definitely see why it might be better off moving to placement for it, but... It's certainly fine, and yeah, especially watching them back-to-back is probably minimized. But also, it's a weekly show. You know people are going to be watching it week-to-week. Week. That's true. But moving on from that, I really like the Edison bio- uh, biography being where he started. Also, the phrase buck naked is great for talking about people in the nude. <laughs> okay. I just like the phrase. I think it's a good oh, you, one. Okay. I was starting to wonder, like, did you have some, like, point with, like, why this phrase is good? Or just, oh, you just like it. Okay, I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm A-okay with that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it feels right whenever you're talking about the, you know, freedom of someone being naked. I mean, if there's a problem with it, it's that it sounds a lot like butt naked. Oh, see, that's where I think some of the magic comes. Because butt naked is definitely worse than buck naked. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's closer to just be, well... It, pretty much is just literal there's no there's no poetry to it <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know i think that there's a problem with that is it gets you know mixed up with butt naked it's certainly you know, a drawback or if you yeah. have mush mouth like anyone from pittsburgh like us you know it can quickly become one or the other you're not even really sure oh yeah episode 10 I did want to bring up a couple of things I like. yes uh, i'm glad we got a significant chunk of kohaku's backstory Yes. She's been in kind of this weird gray space of, like, I know what a lot of her deal is because I've seen the show before, but, like, just looking at these episodes objectively by themselves, you know, without foreknowledge, like, I could definitely see, like, looking at her and being like, what the heck is her deal, though? <laughs> yeah. When I like, why is she all so all in on all of this? Like, why was she just interested in Sanku? Like, none of that makes sense. Just, you know, driving the plot forward. But it's like, no, there's there's stuff there. And we're starting to get pieces of that. And I'm glad about that. Well, um, and she has a very melancholic story. Yeah. And no, it's not I, happy. I re- well, it's I, not happy I, yet. Not yet. I did have a chuckle with, I think it was last week's set of episodes. There was a moment where her dad's like, I disowned her and everything, and she's still not doing what I said. Like, what am <laughs> yeah. I supposed to do? I've run out of punishment. It's just like, <laughs> I, I had a bit of chuckle of that one. Yeah. But I, I'm glad we're starting to get more of that story, and that does come around with, so they introduced the grand bout, and I do love just all the layers of plot we got going on here. It's, yeah. It's a beautiful baklava of a story, you know? You just keep it on layer after layer. And I like the way it all fits together. I honestly do. When I, w- I want to talk about the Grand Bout. Um, but before we get there, I do want to talk about something real quick. I like how we got to see Tsukasa's kind of beginnings of the Empire with the with the wall of beefy boys behind him. That shot's great. <laughs> and how he hasn't changed good. anything of Senku's shelter. I just thought it's it's cool that we're finally starting to get those shots. Not a lot, but we're starting to get some. You get little tastes here and there to keep you keep you sated. Yeah, but onto the grand bout. I really like what the grand bout says about the society. 
Because you think about it, the society is still, you know, pretty low on the technology scale. So strength and physical prowess is very important. So marrying the, this is, they talk about this later, but the, the priestess of the hundred tails makes sense that you would put the strongest person with the priestess of the hundred tails because then they can protect the hundred tails. And it's yeah, just I mean, it, it, really good. It does fit in for kind of what you would think of for a you know, less advanced and not super large society where it's like, okay, yeah, probably person who can hit the hardest is going to be who's in charge because they can hit the hardest. <laughs> but also it's hard to thread that needle of it not seeming um, mean-spirited or like you're talking down about this thing. You know, I mean, like um, Senku never is like shitty about it. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, it, it never seems like, you know... He's not here to assert his superiority over other people, which... Or said another I way, mean, Senku is not a colonizer. I he mean, what he if says he, could? he is. <laughs> he would if he could, but more and more I, we I actually, see I him that, integrate more than... I, I, I think that's an issue, honestly, for a later episode, though. Like, he does actually use the word colonize multiple times, and I, I don't think that... Like, that's a very loaded term, and I don't think it actually applies to what he's doing. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about that. But, like, I, I do think, yeah, the the kind of idea of what's going on here, is this actually moral? Like, you are in many, essentially a time traveler coming back and going, well, I'm in charge now because I am so much smarter, and I can give you all these nice things. And, like, what's, what's the morality there? And, I mean, that very much just quickly leads into, like, star trek and the was it the prime directive yes stuff like that like i think there's a very interesting debate to be had there i don't necessarily think we have the material for it yet no yeah no no we are not we are not there yet Nah. but you know that's still that's definitely something to say uh watch out for yeah and for me what i kind of another thing i like about the grand bout is how it is nestled in within everything else so we got the so you got like the base plot of people were paralyzed and now they're starting to come back can civilization be rebuilt and then underneath that you have the plot layer of the battle against sukasa then within that you have senku running away finding the village ingratiating himself to the villagers and within that you got the you got the grand bout and it all just fits together so nicely and flows from one to the other other and, and don't forget Ruri being uh sick another layer and the way it all fits together it doesn't feel too crowded i i think this is definitely one of the areas where the the writing excels i feel like yeah. the plot based stuff it's never overwhelming but there's always a lot going on even if most of it is kind of simmering in the background totally i i really agree with you there so if you're good let's move on to episode 11 because absolutely there's a earlier point you made though that i did kind of want to build off of with within episode 11 you were yeah. talking about kind of the the more human side of senku and his his relationships with people and definitely one of the things i noticed is he anytime he does something good he immediately has to start like hamming it up like he's some sort of terrible villain yeah and I, I don't necessarily have the perfect words to describe this, but I've definitely seen stuff like this in real life where it's like you got a person who just he's like saving face because people he thinks people will make fun of him for being open and genuine. And he doesn't understand that the people he's with now will not do that. 
<laughs> Basically, yeah. I think there's a lot of other, you know, angles you could take. But there's some reason where, you know, he doesn't want to act like or be seen as the good guy. Well, I read it like, I read it like that because if you look at all those flashbacks, he's like getting bullied for being into mm. science and being like this bright eyed, like enthusiastic kid to the point where he eventually makes a zapping machine to electrocute his bullies. So I think that might, to me, that's kind of where that route starts. Or maybe he's just really into Star Wars and knows that Jedi say that attachment is is uh, is weakness. <sighs> yeah, I, I definitely find that to be an interesting part of his character. And I just thought that dovetailed real nice with, you know, talking about like we are starting to see more of the human parts of it, but it of him. But it's not even necessarily like he completely accepts that yeah. part of himself. When you, and with episode 11, you see that amazing little bit where he talks to Suika about her eyes and, and glasses and like goes out of his way to be like, there's nothing wrong with you. This is okay. You can be you. It's totally fine. Like where I come from, no one even cares or like you're not disadvantaged. Like you can do anything you think you can. Like, I don't know. I found it to be very, very sweet. Oh, it's extremely sweet. And having talked to, you know, for example, my wife, who she has contacts and, you know, her talking about the first time she put on glasses and actually see clearly. It's apparently a, a really big deal. I've as as someone who uh, sees very poorly and has seen very poorly since how old are you when you're in first grade? <sighs> I don't know. Like eight first grade years old. Yeah. I, I still, my memory is terrible. I remember putting on glasses. Yeah, it, apparently for a lot of people who have experienced it, it is emotionally a big deal to finally be like, oh, wow, there's a ton of details. Here. There's been details here this whole time. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, Not taking her to uh, the sunflower fields, too, was Yeah, that's so a nice, nice. touch. Uh, it's a really sweet moment. I guess what? Also, in this episode, we do get a... Uh, uh, Kasaki. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, going on to now the kinky rope play. <laughs> I I love this scene, though. It's uh, funny. I love Kasaki so much. It's a really good character. I actually, in episode 10, my notes went, I didn't remember it took, th- it took so long for the craftsman dude to show up. And that's disappointing. And they showed up next episode. I mean, to be fair, what, it's like a 24 episode, uh... Yeah. season i believe something along those lines showed up before the halfway mark that's true yeah i, I think it's mostly because kazuki is one of my favorite characters yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the humor that lands more for me does center around him oh totally and just i love the idea of if you gave artisans from back in the day more technology and more materials and better materials and better tools what could they do the idea that the the skill was already there. Like it, it's not because they. It's because they had worse things to work with. Not necessarily that they were worse, worse craftsmen. Which I think is, I would say, a pretty valid idea. And yeah, I yeah. like the way it plays out. And it does fit in neat to the stuff they were also doing with like Chrome. With like you know, like humanity has had these people the whole time. We'll always have these people. We'll figure out a way. It's just a matter of does it take you know sixty years with Senku or does it take you know, 10,000 years without sort yeah. of thing. And like also the way that they kind of manipulate him to help them. It's like, look, I, as as someone who is a content producer, I'm a maker naturally, like I grew up making things with my hands with like carpentry yeah. and work on cars and all that stuff. 
I so understand him seeing this crazy new material and going, I need to make something with this. Like, I, I have an actual story that is literally this. So I was in college and we were in just a class talking about, so I went to school for photography, if, if I haven't mentioned that for a while. And, you know, normal cameras are normal cameras. And we were talking about Hasselblads, which are really, really nice uh, medium format cameras. So think they shoot a negative that is, you know, um, four inches by five inches or not, sorry, not four inches by five inches. That's a large format, um, like a two by three. So like a really large negative compared to if you remember 35 millimeter was like your your thumb. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember the differences between all these. I mean, you might yeah. still want to. I don't think the audience is going to necessarily eh, look it up. But I, I remember we, we had a what was that that just meat called medium format or large format. There's both. OK, I, I, I do remember the camera we had during our trip that what we broke like three times. Oh, that was the large <laughs> format one. Yeah. That is actually four inches by five inches. Okay. But so in, in college, I found out Hasselblad made this camera that shoots panoramics. And what's special about it is normally when you see a panoramic now, there's two cones of focus because it's usually two images put together with, you know, and two lens, like two lens centering points. And this had one because it was a true panoramic and they just don't make those anymore. Like you can't buy a digital panoramic camera. It doesn't exist. And I just went, I have to have this. I have to experiment with this. I have to, just, this opens up possibilities. It's so interesting. I, I need it. And so I eventually found one and uh, it was from Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding. I believe you. It was used to photograph penguins there by scientists. Oh, but it's fun. But I, like there was a draw so strong of just this new thing, this different thing that opened up possibilities that were not available to me before. And I just had to try to make new things. Yeah, I've had variations on that feeling as well. It, it's for me, it's definitely something understandable, which I think is part of why the, the humor of it hit. It's like, OK, I can relate to that. It's also just, I don't know, Kazuki, uh, Kazuki is just a he's a fun character. Yeah. Oh, wait, this brings me into another complaint, though. I'm so tired of Senku's weird turns of phrase. And, and Are we this talking is... about the 10 billion percent or that? But even beyond, like, he loves to put like bank like portmanteaus out of different words. Like he at this point, he says drooltastic. To be fair to drooltastic, I feel like I've heard that one outside of uh, Dr. Stone before. But that doesn't make it good. <laughs> no, it does not make it good. It's not the worst portmanteau I've heard, but it's certainly not a good one. <laughs> and look, I'm someone who loves a good portmanteau, but I also recognize they're all bad. And it just gives like this weird like 2000s I'm cool guys vibe to me that I just can't shake. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. I mean, after some of the stuff we just talked about, I almost wonder if that's not on perp. So, like, to kind of show, Honestly, like... it probably is. Yeah, like, well, here's here's a actual way we can see some of Senku's... Well, is it a quirk or is it based off of an insecurity and trying to look like a cool guy? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, going back to Kazuki, I do enjoy the trope of the surprisingly strong old man. Yeah, it's fun. Because those old men exist. Old man strong is a real thing. It is terrifying. There are 65-year-old men who could crush me into a ball. Oh, I absolutely believe it. 100%. But I, just, I always really like that trope. Also in episode 11, we get to see how they've started speeding up the science, which makes sense because they have a bunch of base stuff now. 
to make the rest of it easier, aka how getting new technology makes things easier and speeds things up. Yeah, they can definitely do start to see more and more like they're reusing inventions that they've used for previous things. There's also the matter of show pacing, and they kind of do have to speed things up if they want to get to, you know, any sort of crazier tech at all. Well, yeah, but they've built it in to make it at least, like, not a big jump. I, I oh, yeah, really, no, you know, I, it's, I it's, think the way... Yeah, I'm saying I think the way they're doing it, I think they're pacing it really well. I think it works. I like it. Also, I love the whole shiny spear conspiracy because mm. they Should need those a... to beat magma. True. <laughs> oh, so I know. So I, guess I, love spears... Mag- I love magma's story arc, which I know we're just starting. I love magma's story arc. Yeah, obviously can't talk more about it now. Yeah, I will say I kind of forgot what a complete and total piece of shit he was, though. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Like, I knew he sucks, but I didn't know it. Like, it was just like, oh, man, like, you, you got, like, at least attempted every crime or thought oh, yeah. about it and would do it if he had a chance. Oh, dude, dude would murder you. Well, we already have we have murder straight up. It's just there. Yeah. Oh. But back to the shiny spears, there is always a price to Senku's gifts. Always. Mm, Senku is the monkey paw. Really is. It's like, oh, you, you like these glasses? Well, you're going to have to work harder. You're going to have to work harder for me now. Uh, yeah, I Honestly, I didn't have too many thoughts about episode 12. I thought visually the in, uh, anthropomorphization they did of the sulfuric acid was actually really interesting. I thought that was fun visually. Yeah. Besides that, I don't know. This is one of the, like, I get where this is important plot-wise. You know, they had to do this eventually. It's like it was a fun enough episode. I just didn't really have any thoughts on it. It's like they built the science, they went to the place, and they got, and then everybody learned how everybody else is a real bro, and they can all trust each other with their lives while they got it. Yeah. And... Well, I think there's a couple things. One, the I think the idea of an invisible deadly gas to people of this technology level would be terrifying. Andrew, Andrew, it's terrifying to me. And, I mean, we're recording this over the internet on our computers with... Exactly. How many screens between us? <laughs> yeah. Look, I only yeah. have one screen. Just really big. But also I do... So this is one of those things where... I didn't take the time to look it up, but I'm just going off my my general science knowledge. I wholly admit that I could be wrong, but the whole crows being immediately... Well, first of all, I really like that crows come after the shiny spear and then die because crows like shiny things. But yeah, I them, don't know them, how this kills you. Well, more important, like the, 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 the melting. I know sulfuric acid is like scary, scary stuff when it comes to like chemicals. I don't know if you would find it in such a natural concentration that it would just immediately melt down birds. That's honestly a really good question. Like even like the the idea of the concentration down there being enough to kill you makes sense because it's a giant pit and that yes. stuff would would stay down there and actually displace the the good oxygen and nitrogen because it's heavier. That makes sense. That I, totally plausible. But like I the don't... Con- the concentration just seems not possible. Yeah. I don't know. Because acids work by like, isn't it like stealing electrons from the thing you put in it? Something like that. <sighs> oh, my chemistry is. I'm, I'm reaching. Were, I should just stop. You definitely should before we have to admit like three corrections corners next week. <laughs> but yeah, that's maybe we'll do some. Who knows? Maybe next week we'll have done our homework and we'll know more about sulfuric acid pits. If only we knew someone who did things in labs. 
Uh, if only yeah, we had the internet to look up answers too. But yeah, I, a lot of convenient things. Rolling things back uh, before my bad science, just that concentration of sulfuric acid seems extreme. I have no clue. I have no basis really to go off of. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that's more of a well. Let's find out next week. Yeah. Now I I do want to mention this episode was a good one to just remind us that. They're really good at wrapping plot with character development in really good ways, like, you know, the whole arc with Ginro. We don't really need to break that down, but just a reminder, they're really good at that. Also, I love the, whoops, I actually I accidentally made a third gas mask after telling you all this stuff about fear and helping your friends and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. What, whoops well, I'm just going to walk over here. Just going to go over here while you uh, think about moral implications and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And now I have... My last complaint of the episode. Ooh. If you read the fine print, though, it's not binding, and I may have other complaints. This is not a admission of or certification of anything. So the thing about Chrome not getting to marry... Ruri. Koh- yeah, Ruri. And then Kohaku kind of weirdly throwing out that he could marry her instead, and then them both being like, nah. Just, it was really weird. I mean, it was... I can't say it wasn't. I, I'm not actually sure. Like, I'm not entirely sure what that character moment was. Because yeah, at the end of it, it weird. did seem like she... I'm coming away with this, like, they're genuinely not interested in each other. It felt like a weird, like, pity thing. Or like a concession of, I'm sorry that this plan to save my sister means you definitely won't be able to marry her. And I know you want to marry her. But then the, like, do you, like... <sighs> See, I don't know if it was pity. Like, I, I almost want, like, was she just kind of, like, pulling it, like, pulling his leg, messing with him to or try was and she be twisting the funny knife? after? I don't know. I don't I know. Just, it was just yeah. really uncomfortable. You know what, Andrew? I would say I'd love to hear what other people think about that and what their interpretation of it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so with that, like, I, I'm thinking... You got thoughts on that or anything else with the show? uh, I think we've done our due diligence. Next week, we're doing episodes 13 to 15. Uh, Reminder again, Black Butler, Book of Circus, 10 episodes, end of February. First, first guest episode. So look forward to that. Prepare for that. And all right, I'm out. See you next week, everybody. And if you have thoughts on sulfuric acid pits or what the heck Kohaku was doing back then, let us know on Twitter. Yeah, send us your dissertation that you wrote about sulfuric acid. That'd be great. I would actually read that. Same. Till next week, everybody.